Hello and welcome back to the TTL, to Tani Talks Life, the year where we talk a topic per session with some practical lessons brought to you by the Tani Talks podcast, the TTPs. Not to be confused with Tani Talks Parsha. Tonight's topic is flames, games, and staying sane. All of my podcasts of the Tani Talks Parsha, the real TTP, Tani Talks Perkeavos, the TTPA, the Tani Talks Staff, TTD, and the Tani Talks OT, Tani, TTOT, and this live show, Tani Talks Life, TTL, are on different podcast forums, including iTunes Podcasts, Google Podcasts, and most recently, Yidpod, the Jewish podcast app service. Download it on the App Store today to get all your Jewish podcasts in one place. Shout out to Jake W. and Ellie N. for their amazing hard work, as well as Chaim C. for his great work on Yidpod, for the Rafua Shalema of anyone who needs it, and it should also be for the Yeshua of anyone who wants or needs I am reachable at rebt at sheerenjoyment.com, as well as maximumtee at yahoo.com. I used to think that spring was my favorite time of the entire year, but for some reason this year, recently in past years, especially this year, it has changed to fall, and now my favorite time of the year is fall, after we get through the stressful period of the Chagim that come out on us in full force, back to back to back, you know, Slichos and Rosh Hashanah and then some, some Gedalia and then Yom Kippur and Sukkot back to back to back. After that, we get the renewal of the year, the feeling, the really school, you're really in full swing. We get the crisp weather, the feeling of how the, the school year is, the changing leaf colors. And then the clocks change most recently and a few weeks ago. And it gets dark and cold literally overnight. In our town, it literally felt like 65 degrees one night. And then like the next night, it felt like 40 the next day. What happened? The coldness of the winter is looming upon us. The fall transitions to the quote-unquote holiday season, as the secular society calls it, even though they only have one or two days for that whole season. They change from Shmaloween decorations to Thanksgiving decorations to Xmas decorations. The holidays they, they have are very much in your face, but ours are very much more modest and low-key. They make things into games and lack of meaning, but ours are full of meaning. We too have games, quote unquote, but they, our games, our traditions have real purpose and they have real meaning. We play dreidel as the ancient custom related back to when there were families hiding in caves from the Greeks. And when the Greeks came to check the caves instead of seeing Torah learning, which was not allowed, they saw the games being played. We have the four letters of Nes Gadol Hayasham, Nun, Gimel, Hey, Shin. Even our kids in preschool and kindergarten and uh, first grade, excuse me, learn about it. For us out of Israel. And then, of course, Nun Gimel Hey Pei for Neskadol Hayapo for those who live in Israel, that the miracle took place there in Israel. Those people who live there say here. Of course, we say there, Sham. And that is what the Dreidel game is about. Over the years, I have thought of many different aspects of Hanukkah. Hanukkah is the best holiday of the entire year in my opinion. Take any holiday of the entire year and I'll counteract it with Hanukkah for many reasons. 
Obviously, the oily foods resemble the oil miracles, such as the donuts and the latkes and the like. The music and lights celebrate the annual miracle. Some play for gelt, chocolate gelt, as it could be indicative, in my opinion, of how sweet it was that Hashem had the oil last eight days and how the few overtook the many. The idea of presence also, and I'm stretching here, could be where we want to give to those around us, our spouses and our kids, as Hashem gave to us in a period of renewal in the Mikdash back then. Interestingly, this holiday is often underappreciated, undervalued, and very much under-showcased. And a lot of times for a lot of people, not me, Hanukkah is my favorite, for many people they do it out of rote. Which for me is extra sad, as this is literally my favorite holiday of the entire year. If you haven't caught on yet, it is my favorite of the whole year. The one I connect with the most and love the most the whole year. So some people don't decorate or do more than the lights, which is anathema to me. Some do presents, some do decorations, some just try to get through it. I personally have changed our stance recently in recent years as our kids get a little bit older, a little bit older. When they're a baby, nobody notices. But once they're in preschool and and they're in first grade and they're in real school, you know, they really can feel the spirit of that of, that's in your house or not. So we changed our stance recently. We decorated our house last year. I went all out. I got a lot of decorations. Put it on the front window. Put it on the front door. Put it throughout the house. Get them in the in the holiday Hanukkah fervor. And... God willing, we will do that again this year. I'm thinking actually to do it on one of the days that we're off together, to decorate together. I actually got two electric little menorahs to put in the windows because we can't actually light in our front windows. Fire hazard, we light in our dining room side window out to the street much safer. So I want to have those electric menorahs, God willing, that are coming. coming. Since we were married, I whip out my guitar to play each night, starting way back when my wife and I got married, and we try to play with our kids also over the years. So we've been practicing already a couple of weeks now. I say, Baruch Hashem. So we, we practice with the guitar. We go through the Neris Halil and Mozart a little bit. I had a little dreidel. And last year, we even got the two boys, the older boys. Now one, again, is in first grade and one is in pre-K. We got them their own train candle menorah, and I actually got a little wooden practice menorah for the little girly also for them to be involved in the menorah. I light with them hand over hand. I don't let them do it themselves, and, and I do it with them first, and then I do mine, and then we all move into the other room. And to get them involved in the lighting, we did presents in the past. This year, the idea was to do more crafts, less gifts. Gifts are like, what are you going to give me? Give me, give me, give me. What can I have? Crafts are like, what can we do together? Making it into a joint activity as per the idea of my wife. Making activities, games, tasks, and crafts, and arts and crafts, which are very much in line with my being of an OT in life as profession. What can we do? Find motorwise with the kids on a daily night of Hanukkah, besides for one or two or three or so gifts that we did get, but really into the crafts. So for me, it's very easy for me to get into this holiday. I have the flames, I have the games, and I have a good way to stay sane. Very easy for me to get into this holiday. I love this holiday. We have so many aspects to this wonderful, wonderful Hanukkah. It's awesome. We have the Hanukkah lights. We have the good food. We have the music. We have the presents and so much more. Yet for some reason, secular society makes 10 times as much a deal out of their one day in late December, all the way to the end of December, as, as is given to our holiday, which is eight times as long and at least eight times as awesome, if not hundreds of times as awesome, 
Lahavdil, Lahavdil, Lahavdil. The question that always boggles my mind is why do they go all out for one day with elements that don't make any sense whatsoever, that have no real value or significance if you try to look into their quote-unquote traditions? I challenge you, try to find any aspect that really is rooted in anything that makes real sensical value or real deep tradition. I would highly, highly recommend... Listening to this year, my wife and I try to listen to, at least me, Blee Nedder, every year by Rabbi Kellerman, on the topic, the true story of Xmas, to see how bewildering their day is, and how no aspect makes any sense, and it is all not based in anything real. You can find his awesome sheer, which is much, much better than anything I could ever say, which we try to bleed and listen to every year on simpletoremember.com. Rabbi Kellerman, amazing, very entertaining, 45 minutes going through Xmas and then the New Year and, and how everything you knew everything you thought of, you knew about it is not correct and not based on anything. Awesome, awesome thing he explains. But the other question is, how to turn the cold of this time of the year this one Hanukkah holiday in the dark, cold nights to bring light and warmth to us and make it have the ability to hold us over and incorporate true meaning. I mentioned what we do in our house, but what can you do in your house with your family to make the most of this awesome holiday? Think about how to really gain and how to really stay sane in our holiday, our real holiday, Hanukkah, when society goes crazy for their one day or their two small days. Let's figure out a little bit about the flames, the games, and staying sane. Growing up, our house was decorated very well for Hanukkah. However, in society, we know that many people go a little crazy, or very crazy, very overboard, decorating in the fall, and winter, especially in secular culture, for their Shmaloween and their Xmas. Have you ever heard of an over and abundance of decorating for Hanukkah? Listen to this story from clicktohouston.com. Hanukkah is a Jewish holiday that celebrates the miracle of when just a day's supply of oil kept a menorah in the rededicated temple in Yerushalayim lit for eight days. Jewish families celebrate the first night of Hanukkah by lighting the menorah and all eight days, eating traditional latkes and gelt and playing games like spinning the dreidel. And in a year, especially the past few years, where we've seen many, many dark moments, the Hanukkah house, especially in Maryland, Texas, is a very special light display, has a very special light display that is sure to brighten your day. Philip Grossman is the man behind the lights. He has been putting up this massive display for 13 years. His wife, Dana, and three kids, Sophie, Matthew, and Ellie, do help in putting up some of the lights, but Philip admits that he's the Clark Griswold of the family, making sure each light is perfectly placed. At the end of the day, Philip says he continues to put up the Hanukkah display each year for all the kids. If you and your family happen to be anywhere over in Texas, you should stop by in their house in Maryland, located on the 5100 block of Cairo Street. And ABC7Chicago.com adds and points out that every year you'll see thousands of Xmas light events, decorations on neighbor homes, even displays up at work. But one father, this one father is on a mission to make decorating for Hanukkah more popular. This Philip Grossman started putting up those lights for Hanukkah those years ago at his home in Maryland and it's grown bigger and bigger with inflatables, wooden dreidels, and even giant gelt added to the lawn. He even has a button so people can listen to Hanukkah music while they enjoy the display. 
It's in Karen, Carew Street, Houston, Texas, 77096. You happen to be there, go check it out. He also has an Instagram, instagram.com slash Hanukkah House. That is what I call an interesting reaction to the secular decorations and displays. The question is, why don't we celebrate in the same aspect? I understand, granted, that our holiday, our real holiday, is all about the, the quietness of the miracles, how the seemingly natural event that Hashem made the miracle through a natural means to last eight times as long for the oil, how it was an army fighting, and you couldn't tell when you were looking, but really, of course, 300 versus thousands. And it's a very modest holiday, so we celebrate in a modest way. But even if we're celebrating in the modest way, why can't we go a little bit above, a little bit beyond? Why do we have to hide the holiday? People have to look closely into the window to see the Jewish neighbor on the block. Maybe there's a menorah. Why not decorate inside and out? Have a little Hanukkah cheer. Have a little Hanukkah spirit. Why can't we show our holiday at least, if not more? It's eight times as long as the other holiday. It should be eight times as grand in a proper Kiddush Hashem way than everyone else. If we think about the real elements of Hanukkah itself, maybe we could get more fervor for the the holiday itself, the holiday for Hanukkah. Maybe we could get a little more into the spirit. I love this holiday. I wish everyone loved it as much as me. As we're near leading as we're near leading up to the holiday in a week, it's less than a week away, very exciting. Let us talk a little bit more about it. As you know now, Hanukkah is my favorite holiday of the whole year. I love it, all aspects of it, every element. The lighting, the candles, the presents, the dancing, the singing, the playing games. I don't see any downside to it. The only downside I see is that it only lasts eight days. It should last eight weeks. But you have the games also, like the dreidel and eating the oily foods. Latkes, donuts, you name it. We can have it and the gelt, all at all amazing aspects. All around, I think it's an awesome holiday with these amazing eight days. Again, eight times as long as the quote-unquote holiday of what secular society has. All you have to do is look in society. There's like a million, million Xmas movies. How many Hanukkah movies have you ever heard of? How many Hanukkah movies do you think there are? How many Jewish movies related to Hanukkah? Why is there no mystery of the missing Shamash or the missing Menorah? The case of the missing Gelt? Those are all great holidays. They should be on Yitflix. All great ideas, but there aren't any for some reason. There's an Ushbizen movie about Sukkot. I don't know any Hanukkah movie, but yes, there are millions of millions of movies about Xmas, and that's one little day. Here we have eight days. There should be eight times as many. So I believe it's underrated, underappreciated, and under-showcased. We went all out in our house with decorations last year and wrapped things. I wish in all Jewish from houses we could do so as well. If we think about the focus of the holiday, the menorah and the candles, an essence can really come to light intended. The candle and candles that we light is really a light to the darkness around us. The day gets so dark so soon around us. It becomes so dark so quick. I pick up my kids at the end of the day and it's already getting so dark so early. My kid is like, why is it nighttime already? We just ended school and I'm like, you know, when the clocks change, can't explain that to a kid. Sometimes Hashem makes it when it gets really dark, when it's winter. It's winter already, Abba? I thought it's only fall. Yes, it's fall, but it's confusing because it's not really winter yet. But really, the light goes down really fast as we turn towards winter soon. 
So the candles, as we have dark days, we have cold days. It's really a light to the darkness around us. One of my favorite phrases, as the phrase goes, one candle can banish the darkness. In the dark, cold, dreary days of winter, I mean, we're in fall, but as we get to winter, when the days are so short and so dark and all hope seems lost, the candles of Hanukkah come to be a light to us reminding us to be persistent and stubborn and hope that we can bring light to the world and have light in our lives, making the world better and brighter, even when all around us seems so dark and so depressing that one light can make there be so much brightness around us. Even though it seems that it's so dark, it seems so dreary, that one light, that one candle can banish the darkness. We can banish the darkness, understanding that we have that light to the darkness around us. And it just doesn't, it doesn't mean literal light, but even metaphysical and metaphorical light. There's so much darkness of people's behavior and people's attitudes. There's such a lack of Ahavat Chinam, of Ahavat Yisrael, of Ahavat Olam. Such a lack of love for one another. You could disagree with people, you can argue with people, okay. But don't hate their essence. Just because you disagree with them, whether it be based on mandates or politics or religion, you have to hate the person just because you don't disagree with them. You're causing the base of English not to be rebuilt. The Talmud in Yushalmi says, in every generation that the Mikdash is not rebuilt, it's as if that generation is, is chayiv for not having it built again. It's as if they're chayiv for destroying it again and again. Because if we were worthy, if we corrected what was wrong, it would have been built. It would have been fixed. So by definition, the same problem is around. The first base of English was destroyed because of the big three, immorality, murder, and idolatry. And nowadays people say, yes, you don't bow to idols. But we talked about this once one day on the daf. There is idol worship, but it's in the form of worshiping money or worshiping people, you know, worshiping entertainers or worshiping the pursuit of, of covet, of honor, worshiping the pursuit of having a mansion or this or that. There is idol worship out there. Of course, there's bloodshed out there. Of course, there's immorality out there. We are, are not able to have fixed that yet. We have to work on fixing that. And the second day of was destroyed because of sinav chinam, hating people for no reason. You can disagree with people. Granted, everyone's entitled to their own opinion. Doesn't mean you have to hate the person. If we're trying to bring lightness to the world, we're trying to bring light to the world through Hanukkah, do you think more light will be brought with when there's sinat chinam, baseless hatred? Talking people, oh, he's so fat, he's so big. You see how much weight he got? Oh, I wonder how they got such a big car. How do they have such a big house? None of these are productive statements. None of these are helpful statements. Behold, Arvador, in every generation that the base mikdash is not rebuilt, it's as if we destroyed it again. The solution, as pointed by the commentators, and I believe the Chavitz Chaim, is Ahavat Chinam. If Sinat Chinam destroyed the base mikdash, what's going to rebuild it? Ahavat Chinam. Loving each person baselessly for no reason other than they have Selam Elokim, they have the divine spark Hashem created them and, and wanted them in the world for whatever reason. You don't have to do, agree with how they live or what they do. But understanding that there's a fundamental aspect. Every person has something to teach you. Every person has something you can learn from. As we're supposed to light up the world with Hanukkah, what can we do to learn from those around us? What can we do to light up the world for around us? And what can we do to have Ahavat Chinam, to have 
the world be in a good place. Maybe if we could finally have Ahavat Chinam, we could finally have the Mikdash back, we could finally see the real beautiful, pure golden menorah again in front of our eyes. We need to make sure to have the world in a better place than it was before. We want the world to be better and brighter than before. What can you do to light those Hanukkah lights in your house, but also to light the Hanukkah lights in your soul and in the souls of those around you? The lights shine bright, understanding and teaching us that we need to bring serenity and peace within our homes and in the homes of all those around us. The lights remind us of the burning candle in our hearts. The Pasuk says, Kiner mitzvah Torah or. Because the light of a candle is the Torah, the mitzvah and the Torah is the light, is the candle that can spark goodness in the world, that could spark change in the world. The whole focus and purpose of many, many mitzvahs is tikkun olam, is being mikadashim shemaim, is making the world a better place. Hocheach tocheach, proper criticism. Ta'amot amod, helping someone whose burden has fallen. Aser shetit asher, aser aser, giving of your tzedakah. All these things are things and many, many, many more examples of how we're supposed to make the world better. How we're supposed to light up the world a little better. There is a way to stay sane. There is a way to look at the flames. There is a way to pro- play proper games and make sure the whole world around us stays sane as well. And another pasuk, one of my favorite pasuks that I actually say, Every day, Ner Hashem Nishma Sadam, it's my Pasik. Chalfesh Kochad Revatim. The light of Hashem is the guardian of the Neshama of a person. Whoever wants to seek it out can find it burning in their hearts, can find it burning in their soul. Looking into the Torah, learning the Torah every day. That's what we need to do. And also my other Pasik I've talked about many times, Mahti Torah Sakha, how much do I love your Torah Hashem Kol Hayom Hisikhasi? All day I talk about it, which I find a major connection to audio, which I do a lot of obviously. These are my Psukim, our Psukim in the Torah, in the Tanakh we could look at, how it could light us up, how we could reach out to it, how we could grab hold of it, thinking about the eight Chaim He we say every Shabbos. The Torah is our tree of life, and the Torah is compared to or Torah zu or Torah is also compared to Mayim. Torah is also compared to water. When we hold on to these things, we can light up the world, showing us the candle of Hashem is burning within us, is protecting us from all around us, persistently every day. These lights on Hanukkah remind us that the world can be good. When seen through the prism of Torah and mitzvahs, the lights remind us to stubbornly follow the passion to do what we love, what we love to do through the framework of the Torah to hopefully make the world a better place. The flames burning remind us that the Torah should be burning always in our hearts, always in our lives, every single day. We should also reflect on the fight for the good of the Chashmonaim commemorated in the Al-Hanisim prayer, which we say in Shmon Esrei and benching on Hanukkah. And the translation comes from Chabad.org. Listen to the actual words. Did you ever sit and actually read the words of Al-Hanisim, what they really mean word for word? We thank you for the miracles, Hashem, for the redemption, for the mighty deeds, for the saving acts, for the wonders which you have wrought for our ancestors in those days at this time. In the days of Matis Yahu, the son of Yochanan, the high priest, the Kohen Gadol, the Hashmonaim and his sons, 
When the wicked Hellenic government rose up against your people Israel to make them forget your Torah and violate the decree of your will. Pause. What did the Greeks want to do? Did they want to destroy us physically? No. They were very into physicality. They are very into sports, into the body, very into the Olympics. Some say they created the first Olympics. They just wanted us to get rid of a couple things. Bris Milah, Rosh Chodesh, Shabbos. What is it a big deal? Get rid of these mitzvahs. You don't need them. Of course, those are the three fundamental things to our Jewish way of life. But they wanted to get rid of us spiritually. Unpause. But you, in your abounding mercy, stood by them in the time of their distress. You waged their battles. You defended their rights. You avenged the wrong done to them. You delivered the mighty into the hands of the weak. I think of the sources say it was 300 versus thousands. The many into the hands of the few, the impure into the hands of the pure, the wicked into the hands of the righteous, and the wanton sinners into the hands of those who occupy themselves with your Torah. You made a great and holy name for yourself in your world and effected a great deliverance and redemption for your people Israel to this very day. Then your children entered the shrine of your house, cleansed your temple, purified your sanctuary, kindled lights in your holy courtyards, and instituted these eight days of Hanukkah to give thanks and praise to your good name. There's obviously no better way to sum up what this holiday is about. The sages figured out how to write these things, how to phrase it best in this prayer, so that we know what to focus on, we know what to really commemorate and to memorialize what we really remember to stand for. Hashem was with us in this fight in our history the whole way through. And these fighters were stubborn and perseverated to the end of the story. Hashem is also within us, with us, within our own fights of our own lives every single day as well. So the question I ask again, why do we hide this awesome holiday? Why not decorate your house and surroundings and be proud of this wonderful holiday? Be proud of your wonderful heritage. Be proud of this beautifully significant, beautifully meaningful holiday. We go out and about on Purim. We don't think about what anyone thinks of us when we dress like uh, Where's Waldo. We dress like Pokemon. We dress like um, Magic School Bus, which we did a couple of years ago. We dress like firefighters and policemen and superheroes and fairies and princesses and princes and cops and robbers and and all these things and we don't care anything about it on Purim we dance in the streets people get drunk and crunk and crazy all over the place which I highly disagree with but that's not either there or now I have my nice sparkling grape juice I could take a little nap lady little little nap or something I highly am against getting drunk that's for another topic we could talk about it but I will, not ref- I will not change my stance, but that's either, no, neither here nor there. But we don't care about what think, people think about us then. We're like very much in the face of everyone all over the place with the crazy music. And nobody says anything. But Hanukkah, no, no, we can't make noise. We can't make a scene. We don't want the decorations. What if the neighbors know that we celebrate we're Jewish? What if the neighbors know? Everyone should know we're Jewish. Why do we not decorate and go all out for the sukkah you can't hide the sukkah you cannot hide your little of an esrog people think we're crazy shaking this myrtle branch and this citron but for hanukkah it is not out there and i don't know why why not decorate your house and surroundings be proud of this wonderful holiday play meaningful games with your family 
stay sane during a crazy time in this world. I actually love when I see those Chabad vehicles going around. Al Hanisim la pork, gonna have a little dreidel. I made it out of clay. Those are wonderful things when the when the mitzvah truck or whatever they call themselves, the mitzvah tent, go around. Granted, it can't be too loud. It can't be in your face. It can't be a chil Hashem. But if it's at a quiet disciple, how many people drive down our block and they're blasting this nasty rap, crazy hip hop music in your face, which we call ASB behavior? My wife and I call it ASB, attention seeking behavior. ASB, we coined it. So why can't we have a little bit of attention-giving behavior to Hanukkah? Attention-giving behavior, AGB, to the beautiful, wonderful holiday, using our flames, using the proper games, using a way to properly stay sane. I challenge you and your family and those around you, show the holiday, the Hanukkah holiday, showcase the holiday, spread the beautiful joy of what our beautiful holiday stands for, and don't let the non-Jews, the seculars, get away with outdoing us on every street, everywhere, where people don't even realize that there's a beautiful holiday. All these commercials have all this Xmas bling, and that tiny one little menorah in the corner, like barely making a presence. We've been around for thousands of years, thank you very much. Our holiday is eight times as long as yours, thank you very much. It's 80 times as brilliant and beautiful as yours, thank you very much. Get your stuff out of my face. Decorate your house, I challenge you, your family, your friends. Let's get Hanukkah spirit. Make Hanukkah great again. We had to make America great again. Make Hanukkah great again. Showcase it, bring it out, and truly, truly revel in the beautifulness of of the holiday of Hanukkah. The Gemara Shabbat 21b explains, My Hanukkah, what is Hanukkah? The Taner Rabban and the Rabbis talk, Bechav hei de Kislev, Yomei de Hanukkah, Timnaya inun, Delo lemispeid bahon, Delo lehisanos bahon. On Hanukkah, the 25th of Kislev, the days of Hanukkah are eight. You can't do hispedim, you can't eulogize, you cannot fast on them. The Greeks came into the sanctuary. They defiled all the oils that were in the sanctuary by touching them. And when the the monarchy overcame them through that beautiful miracle of the war, were victorious over them. And they looked and they searched. They couldn't find anything but one little jar of oil. We don't know the size of it, but I imagine it was like this tiny little three-ounce situation. Really, really little. The only one that was sealed with the seal of the high priest of the Kohen Gadol. Hidden in a tiny crevice in the corner, probably. There was only enough to light for one day. The Chanukiah, the menorah of the base of English, was seven. We obviously light eight. We have the one for the Shamash. We can't, you know, imitate the one in the, in the base of Mingdash, but we can commemorate and think about the base of Mingdash. So they only had enough oil. How many ounces do you have to light those seven candles? So maybe it was 12 ounce, 24 ounce. I don't know, but it was only enough for one day to light one day. Not Sebonis, Hashem made a miracle. God made a miracle. And it was lit and lasted for eight days. Lashana Acheres, the next year, another year, Kavuam Ba'asuam Yom Im Tovim Ba'halel Uvehoda'ah. So the sages instituted the next year and made those days into a holiday with halal and special thanksgiving and prayer and blessings. So the, the, the Hanukkah is explained also in Shabbos 
in a beautiful way, talking about the miracle about the oil, but also referencing really the war, not not explicitly talking about it, but referencing it that the war was happening as well. So really, there are two great miracles in Hanukkah: one wide open about the few, the 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 least defeating the many, the rove, the majority, a large revealed miracle, and the oil lasting eight days, which is a hidden miracle within the temple that occurred on Hanukkah. This has been explained by commentators, by other people, other speakers, about involving two aspects of miracles, a hidden and open and, and an open miracle. So we have hidden miracles within our own homes, within the base of English, and you have open miracles outside in public, Beparhesia. And it's, by the way, the whole idea of Hanukkah, by the way, the best proof. What is the point of the menorah? Where are you supposed to light the menorah? According to the Shulchan Aruch, you're supposed to light the menorah in the best way that you'll have, Parsumenisa. We want to show Parsumenisa. We want to glorify the miracle of Hanukkah. That's why you're not supposed to light. You're not supposed to light above 20 amas. You're not supposed to light below 10 tefachim so that people could see it. No one's looking down at the ground. No one's looking up five stories to see the menorah. That's not where the eye goes. The eye in its vision really could see one or two, maybe three floors in the distance. So you can't be 20 amas, 40 feet. is too high. And you can't be 10 inches. It's too low. Parsumanisa is the main part of menorah. So why can't there be Parsumanisa in the holiday itself? That is the proof text. Parsumanisa, we light in the shul for Parsumanisa. We light facing the window so Parsumanisa, so people could see. How come we don't do Parsumanisa in other ways? Let us be mefarsame the nace, publicize the nace, the miracle, have some holiday fervor. Holiday, Hanukkah fervor. Make sure that you can bring Hanukkah to the masses, to the streets, show and, and explain this beautiful holiday. You know, when I was working with kids in the past and Hanukkah came about, many times we would draw Hanukkah things. They're always showing Xmas things, even Kwanzaa they show in public school. But how often do they talk about Hanukkah? Maybe a half a lesson, maybe a quarter lesson, nothing. I'm being the lone Jew in the school, the lone religious Jew at least, usually the lone religious Jewish male at least. It's up to me to showcase Hanukkah. So I'll print out a picture, do a, a find the items with the Hanukkah. Let's look at the menorah. And I don't care. I want to show my beautiful holiday. The school doesn't do it. They're not even supposed to talk about religion, by the way. They're not even supposed to teach about religion, but they always somehow teach about Thanksgiving and and uh, and uh, Shmaloween and, and Xmas somehow always makes it in there, but Hanukkah never does. So it's up to us to bring it out. It's up to us to showcase it. So what better way to showcase and talk about hidden and open miracles than to literally do so in public? What better way to show the gratitude to Hashem for the miracles of saving us in public with the war of the many versus the few and the few winning and with the war of the hidden oil than in, in hidden and revealed ways. Decorating our homes inside is a hidden way. Lighting candles in our homes inside is a hidden way. With the private family time of lighting and praying and eating and decorating. And then when we decorate outside our homes and we dance outside, we have parties and beautiful aspects outside at a reasonable disciple and reasonable level, not being mechalal Hashem, God forbid, not destroying or disturbing our neighbors, doing it at a proper level in a proper way with music parties and events that could be a kiddush Hashem in a beautiful way. And when people ask, what's going on here? What's happening? And you say, this is the Hanukkah celebration. 
Many, many years ago, people wanted to destroy us, but Baruch Hashem, we're still here. They wanted to get rid of our spirituality, and we come back with spirituality. We light the menorah to show that the flame of our souls is burning to commemorate the lighting of the flames of the temple. We think about how we, we had the war, and we, we were few that overcame the many, and then a, a non-Jew that walks away can say, wow, this is such a beautiful, meaningful holiday. I wonder what my Xmas holiday stands for. I don't think it stands for anything. Let me think more about Hanukkah. So we could decorate ourselves inside and outside, inside our homes and outside our homes, to be Mekanashim Shemaim and bringing it to the masses, especially for many of us, including myself, that live in Gaulus. I love when there are major menorah lighting ceremonies, such as the huge Chabad menorah, that's a beautiful Kiddush Hashem, or them lighting the menorah in the, light, in the White House. I think every president every year lights, I believe. They also sometimes have a holiday party. Sometimes they have a Hanukkah party. I know the Maccabees went to sing at the White House once, especially on Hanukkah, which was beautiful. I love when there are mitzvah trucks or mitzvah tanks driving around playing music, Hanukkah music, Hanukkah holiday things, as long as it's not too loud, or making a chalashem, God forbid, or making a desecration of God's name, God forbid, or bothering our neighbors, God forbid. We could see the flames. We could play the games. We can make sure to stay sane and all the while show society what is really proper, what is really meaningful, what really has beautiful, proper traditions, not a hodgepodge of random secular pagan ideas thrown into one random day of the year in the middle of the coldest season. We could show what is really right, what is really rooted in properness and what is really not lame, all the while having our flames, having our games, and staying sane. Look at what we say in the text of each night of Hanukkah from the Siddur, from safari.org. Baruch atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam Asher Kiddushanu B'mitzvosav V'tzivanu L'hadagner She'el Hanukkah Blessed are you, Hashem, King of the universe, who has sanctified us with his commandments and commanded us to light the Hanukkah candles. Why? Why are we lighting the Hanukkah candles? Do you ever stop and think, what are we doing? We're commemorating the oil that lasted eight days. We're commemorating the Hanukkah, the menorah that used to burn bright in the base of Migdash. May we be zochah to have it again today. We're commemorating the fire of the burning of the Torah and the mitzvahs in our soul, the flame that is alive within each of our souls. What are we doing with that flame? How are we trying to ignite those around us? How are we trying to bring out those around us and to help those around us? What are we doing with our flame? Then we do the next bracha. Baruch atah Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam Asher Kiddush Shasanisim Lavoseinu Bayamim Ayim Bazman Azem Blessed are you Hashem, Lord of our God, King of the Universe, who made miracles for our ancestors in their days and this season. We sing the bracha, it's a beautiful bracha, I love the tune, all the tunes on Hanukkah I love. Do we think and stop what we're commemorating, what we're doing, or are we rote, just going about, when is the time to eat already? When are we opening the presents already? Ugh, I'm so bored. I cannot wait to be done with this. How many nights do we have to do this? Ugh, do I have to stay awake until the flames go? All the wrong ways of looking at it. I'm telling you, this holiday is the best. Every aspect is involved. You don't have to stay up late. You don't have to only eat dairy. You don't have to eat... Non-chametz, you don't have to build a sukkah, you don't have to sleep outside, you don't have to shake your myrtle or your or your willow or your or your citron. 
You're in your own home. You get to eat really delicious oily foods and chocolate. You can give gifts. You can get gifts. You can sing. You can dance. You can light beautiful candles. It's a beautiful holiday all around. There's no downside. It's amazing. But remember what we're standing for, what it really represents, what the miracles were at those times. And then, of course, on the first night, Baruch Hashem Elokeinu Melech Olam Shehechiyonu V'kiyamanu V'higiyonu L'azman Hazeh Blessed are you, Hashem, Lord of our God, King of the universe, who kept us alive. Why does he keep us alive? What does he want from us? What are we supposed to do? What is our flame burning for? What are we going to do to ignite those around us? He sustained us. Why did he sustain us? How does he sustain us? What does he want us to do? What does he want us to bring to life? And he brought us to this season. He brought us to live and to be involved. Why? What does he want from us? What should we show in this season? What should we do in this season? All good questions to ask ourselves. Think about the next paragraph also, this is the tune we use. My wife has a different tune from her family, but we say, What do we say in that prayer? We say we kindle these lights on account of the miracles, the deliverances, and the wonders which thou did work for our fathers by mean of the Kohen Gadol. You gave us miracles. We're commemorating beautiful miracles. And every day Hashem gives us miracles. He sustains us and let us, lets us live with miracles. During all the day, eight days of Hanukkah, these lights are sacred. Our lives are sacred. Our souls are sacred. The flames inside us are sacred. Should be shared with those around us. It's not permitted to make profane use of them. We should not make profane use of our soul either of our lives either, God forbid. But we are only to look at them in order that we may give thanks to Hashem for the miracles, for the deliverances, and the wonders. You think of the beautiful song, only going to sing one stanza, don't worry. What do we say in this prayer, this service, really this, this song, but really it's a prayer thinking about what Hashem did for us. Hashem, our salvation, becoming to give praise. Let my house of prayer be restored. We want the base Mikdash back. Do we ever think about the words of Malzor means? I will offer their thanksgivings. We should prepare a slaughter of the, and when thou shalt have prepared a slaughter of the blaspheming foe, I will complete with song and psalm the dedication of the altar. We're hoping, praying for Mashiach. Full Savior with my soul, with my ills, my strength was spent with sorrow. They embittered my life during Egypt. But God took us out to be the chosen race, not chosen for anything but to make the world better. People use that in the wrong way. Para was trying against us, trying to throw us in the deep. But he sank like a stone in the deep. I found no peace. The oppressor came and tried to take me captive. They, 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 they tried to get us involved in in uh, in Avodazar. We were involved many times with with worshiping the wrong things. Babylon's end came, and Zerubbabel came, and then uh, the Agagai tried to get rid of us. We talk about even Haman and Mordechai, and and we talk about what happened to Haman, and then 
We talk about that he had many sons hung and the others came against us in the days of the Hashemunah. They tried to get rid of us. They tried to defile us. They tried to take away our spirituality. But Hashem saved us again and again and he'll bring us salvation again to save us from wicked nations, to take us away from the evil. And we want Hashem to save us forever. Beautiful, beautiful prayer. Do we ever stop and think about this Ma'od Sword? It's not even a song. It's really a prayer. It's a beautiful thing that Hashem did for us that we should commemorate. Our holiday, our season is really based in beautifulness. And people just don't think about it, just don't involve themselves in it, just don't focus on how awesome it really is. We sing and dance about the great miracles Hashem has done for us, not only in that time, but in other times as well. Our beautiful holiday has inherent meaning and purpose, and the aspects of Hanukkah should represent that. The Rambam also points out in Mishnah Torah, Hilchos Megillah and Hilchos Hanukkah. During the period of the Second Temple, when the Greek kings were in power, they proclaimed decrees against the Jewish people, abrogating their religion and forbidding them to study the Torah or to perform the divine precepts. They laid their hands on their wealth and their daughters. They entered the temple and they broke through it, defiling the things that were pure. The people of Israel were sorely distressed by their enemies who oppressed them ruthlessly until the God of our fathers took pity, saved, and rescued them from the hands of the tyrants. The Hashemunah great priests won victories, defeating the Syrian Greeks and saving Israel from their power. They set up a king from among the priests, and Israel's kingdom was restored for a period of more than two centuries until the destruction of the Second Temple. In the 25th Kislev, the Jews had emerged victorious over their foes and destroyed them. They re-entered the temple when they found only one jar of pure oil. One jar, enough to be lit for one day. Yet they used it for lighting the required set of lamps for eight days till they managed to press olives and produce pure oil. Because of this, the sages of that generation ruled that the eight days beginning with the 25th of Kislev should be observed as days of rejoicing and praising Hashem. Lamps are lit in the evening over the doors of the homes or by the, or by the windows on each of the eight nights so as to display the miracle. These days are called Hanukkah and it's forbidden to lament or to fast just as it is on the days of Purim. Lighting the lamps during the eight days of Hanukkah is a religious duty imposed by the sages like the reading of the Megillah on Purim. So Hanukkah teaches us about the idea of a time of miracles. The commentators also explain the Maccabees were only 300 people fighting thousands, and it has been pointed out as well the war lasted three years, according to H.com. Chabad.org points out that the Greeks wanted to get rid of the spirituality of the Jew, with banning the three major mitzvahs of Shabbat, Rosh Chodesh, and Bris Milah, three fundamental laws to Judaism. Without Rosh Chodesh, there would be no Jewish calendar or holidays without Shabbat, God forbid. The fundamental basis of Hashem controlling everything is doubted, God forbid. And without Brismila, the trait of a Jewish male and foundation of being a Jew is gone. The Greeks wanted to destroy us spiritually. And those courageous few stood up physically to take them out and rededicated the temple in a physical and spiritual way. H.com points out that while the ancient Greeks enlightened the world with art, philosophy, and science, they limited the human condition to the physical and intellectual realms. The spiritual component indispensable to the Jewish worldview, was not part of the Greek worldview. Thus, our tradition associates the Greeks with forces of darkness, while we fight with light, symbolized by the candles. The holiday of Hanukkah, established to commemorate the Jewish battle against cultural assimilation, has great relevance today, as we again confront a struggle for Jewish survival. Indeed, the emphasis on external appearance is a prominent theme in modern society. 
Over the centuries, the message of how Hanukkah has unexpectedly ignited the Jewish part, a spark. Unexpectedly, Hanukkah lights a little spark within many, many people. We fight using light, trying to inspire, ignite, and light those around us with meaning, purpose, spirituality, and fulfillment through Torah, mitzvahs, and chesed. We do so throughout the centuries, throughout the years, throughout history, throughout our lives, and currently, while we're all present in this world now, every single day. We should also put on an external appearance of Hanukkah to show Hanukkah to the world that we are here to stay, have always been here to stay, and will always be here to stay, God willing, with Hashem's help. And we stand for a treasure of beautiful values with the holidays, especially this holiday, this beautiful Hanukkah holiday, this holiday, that have beautiful and proper foundations and meanings. We can make it meaningful and fun for kids in non-present ways as well. We actually bought crafts, arts and crafts, for our kids this year, aside from a couple of gifts, presents, to try to do together crafts on different nights, such as stick-and-peel things, coloring, felt items, and much more. H.com points out how to officially play the dreidel game as well, the wonderful dreidel Savivone game. You can learn how to play and understand the meaning behind the dreidel symbols. Each player starts off with an equal number of coins or gelt or nuts or M&Ms or stones, whatever you wish to use. Each player takes turns spinning the dreidel. If it lands on nun, the player receives nothing. Nun for nothing. Nada. Nothing. No kandul. Next player spins. Hey. The player takes half. Hey, man. Take half the pot. Gimel. The gimel takes the entire gelt. I get all the gelt. I get gelt gimel. The player takes the entire pot. Shin. The player puts one piece into the pot. Oh, schnooks. I don't get nothing. The shin, I don't get nothing. The player puts one piece into the pot. Each time the pot is emptied out, each player puts in a piece, a coin, not candy, and the game continues. There are easy ways to get involved, especially the dreidel game, which is so much fun. You know, there was a whole dreidel palooza when I was in YU. The most amount of people spinning a dreidel at the same time. I think they broke the Guinness Book of World Records, I believe. Why should dreidel only be for kids? It could be for everyone. There could be a whole dreidel competition. There's a dreidel tournament. You win? I know a guy. You know a guy? I know a guy. You want to play? Come around the corner. 3 p.m. You know? Anyone could be involved in the dreidel game. It doesn't have to be just for kids. It could be a whole competition. You know, there's the, the March Madness for... For for basketball or whatever, I don't follow sports. I don't know. But in December, there could be Hanukkah madness. There could be Hanukkah, I don't know, something, I would have to think about the name, but there could be the Hanukkah dreidel off where you have these players, oh my gosh, you see Moshe versus Chaim. Oh man, Chaim got knocked out. Now it's Moshe versus Shlaimi. Oh man, Shlaimi got knocked out. Now it's Moshe versus versus Mendel. Oh man, Mendel is the reigning champion. Who's going to win the dreidel palooza? da 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 so there could be an awesome way to get things involved to make sure to do so with using the actual way of doing so. Zoom is about to end, so we're going to sign out of Zoom and come back. Don't worry, we'll be right back. But when it comes to the idea of the holiday, when it comes to the idea of it, we want to make sure to be involved in the right way. So the Palooza is one small aspect of how to do so. One tiny aspect of what to do, we want to make sure to realize that we can do it in the right way. So you get the the dreidel palooza, and that's a way of doing so. The dreidel is a great game to play, and it's not just for kids. It literally could be like a dreidel madness, a dreidel competition, a dreidel off, 
get them involved. But there are also other ways to get involved in being involved in the holiday, aside from eating, aside from giving player presents, even aside from the dreidel game. Judy Gruen points out on H.com. Hanukkah arrives at the darkest time of the year. When daylight is in short supply, but the miracles that God performed for us thousands of years ago light our paths to a festive, meaningful celebration. Hanukkah is a fun, delicious, fattening, yet deeply spiritual holiday that is easy to share with friends and family. There are some ideas to light up your celebration, pun intended, during the eight nights of Hanukkah. Number one, give each child his or her own menorah. We have started to do this, Blinader, in the past year and coming with this year. My oldest in first grade and my preschooler each have their own very adorable train menorah. And I just got a wooden play menorah for the little girly who's two or so. Children are special, proud of lighting menorahs, and I only do hand over hand. Me, only Abba, can help the kids do it and no one else. Just me and them holding hand over hand. Children are especially proud of lighting menorahs they make themselves or they have them so they can be made simply creatively. During one of the last nights when the room is bright with the Hanukkah lights, it's beautiful to take a family photograph. This custom can become a treasure chronicle of how your family grows over the years. Number two, be here now. Take plenty of time after lighting candles to enjoy being with the family. Sing Hanukkah songs. Ma Sor Yeshua see. And any other joy, other ones you enjoy. I had a little dreidel. I made it out of clay. A classic. Stay unplugged from your smartphones. Stay unplugged. This is a key rule in life. Stay unplugged at the table for dinner time in general throughout the year. But stay unplugged from your smartphones while the candles are burning. Savor this special time together. When you've sung everything you feel like singing, bring on the gifts or the crafts. Dig into those hot lakas and sufganiyot. Number three, talk up the miracles. Hanukkah means both dedication and education. So retell the story of the great Hanukkah miracles, both hidden and open. Buy a Hanukkah or Judaica-themed book. For your children each year, you will build a nice holiday book collection. And reserving them for the holidays makes them seem new again for the children. For older children and adults, that a challenge for everyone to find a new Hanukkah insight to share. Every year, there are new things to learn. Number four. Let mom rest. Part of the Hanukkah victory is credited to Yehudit, a daughter of Yochanan the high priest, Kohen Gadol, and father of the Hashemnai family. During the time of the Maccabean revolt, Yehudit bravely and cleverly earned the trust of a Syrian Greek general named Holofernes, I don't say that right, convincing him that she would bring him valuable information that would help him defeat the Jewish uprising instead. Like the heroine Yal who slew Sisra, Yehudit fed Holofernes wine and cheese or other dairy until he fell into deep slumber. She then unsheathed the sword and killed him. Maybe don't say that part of the story to the kids. Saving untold number of Jews. In deference to this heroism of Yehudit, it is a custom for women not to work while the candles are burning. This is a challenge for many women who are not used to sitting still, so it's up to other family members to ensure that their mothers, aunts, and grandmothers actually sit and enjoy. Number five, let the games begin. Along with the traditional dreidel game, make up your own. Hanukkah-themed word searches, bingos, quizzes, and other games are a fun way to involve all family members as well as guests at your Hanukkah party. Did you know? That the dreidel traces its lineage all the way back to the time of the Syrian Greek rule over Israel since Torah study had become a crime, punishable by death. Jewish children hid in caves in order to study. When Greeks would approach to see what they were up to, out came the spinning tops, which the children pretended that they were engrossed in playing. 
Visit h.com slash h slash c slash f for more great activities. Think about Hanukkah coloring pages, which I actually printed out for the kids, and craft or art activities, too, which I actually bought a ton from really cool uh, uh, companies like Dizzy Izzy and uh, Right Light or something like that. Really cool companies, Jewish companies, supporting Jewish companies with crafts and arts was really cool. Number six. Jingle gelt, jingle gelt. No child is likely to let parents forget the custom of giving Hanukkah gelt and not just the chocolate coins either. In some communities, a little gelt is given each night. Why money as gifts? And some give chocolate gelt, obviously. One answer is that the Greeks did not destroy the oil from the temple. They defiled it, a statement of their intent to infuse Greek ideas and ideals into Jewish life and Jewish possessions. Giving Hanukkah gelt reminds us of our freedom and obligation to use our material wealth for noble and spiritual ends. How nice. Underscoring this message, children are taught to give away some of their gelted tzedakah. Number seven, give thanks. Right now, this year, Hanukkah is like literally next to Thanksgiving. There's nothing wrong with the idea of thanking Hashem, Yom Hada'ah, using it for the right way. Thanksgiving, we're always thanking Hashem. So this year, Hanukkah is right next to Thanksgiving. It's no coincidence that they're next to each other. So we give thanks, modern-day Maccabees. Many families, for number seven, have the custom of taking one night, having everyone express what they feel grateful for, spiritually and materially. Feeling gratitude and expressing it are defining Jewish qualities, and what better time to do so than a holiday that defines and means dedication. Another angle to the theme, since Hanukkah celebrates the Jewish affirmation of our spiritual values and our refusal to buckle... Even to anything other than for Hashem, we want to understand how not to assimilate. We refuse to buckle to even harsh pressure to assimilate. Discuss ways you have found to stand up for Jewish values when they have been challenged. Number eight, check out the neighborhood. If you live in a Jewish neighborhood or a Jewish town, it's not utterly freezing. Take a walk and enjoy the sights of the dozens, if not hundreds, of menorahs spreading their beautiful flickering lights and windows up and down your streets. If you have little kids like we do, it might not be as easy, but during the day or driving around, notice how many people put menorahs in their windows. A lot of schools, Dafka, give off one day of Hanukkah, Hanukkah quote-unquote vacation, Hanukkah appreciation, I'd rather call it. Look for the menorahs, look for the decorations, the Hanukkah decorations, maybe this year, our shir could maybe be the impetus that people will finally put up beautiful Hanukkah decorations and infuse the Hanukkah spirit in the houses of the neighborhood of the town we live in and, and, and beyond. The menorah is meant to be lit at the entryway of your home, visible to the street to help publicize the miracle of Parsumenisa, only in a safe, proper way. Yet there have been times when it was dangerous for Jews to do so. We who live in lands of freedom can appreciate our ability to light our menorahs with pride and without fear and to delight in the sight of endless Hanukkah lights spreading their special glow. H.com points out from writer Yael Zoldan, in relation to Hanukkah and its decorations, in relation to the aspect of Hanukkah, we're going to go a little over this this week. I apologize, I just love Hanukkah too much to confine it to a, a set time. So stay with us, please. We're almost there. In relation to Hanukkah's decorations, the elements of the holiday, like the menorah, the whole scene isn't very big. You have to look for it to have to know that it is there, and who will look for it? The season outside is so very big, so exaggerated and all-encompassing. Their holiday has music and peppermints and men standing outside of stores ringing bells, all Narishkite, which is pagan things that came together. I'm telling you, listen to Rabbi Kellerman Sheer. You will not regret it on simpletoremember.com. He explains everything to a T, how everything was just incorporated from pagan this, pagan that, just to get more people to Christianity. You have to listen to how he explains it. 
Anyway, they have their ringing bells. They have emails and catalogs and matching striped pajamas. Now we do too. But uh, for some reason, it has the word ugly attached to it. Ugly Hanukkah sweaters, ugly menorah sweaters. Not, ain't nothing ugly about cool menorahs and cool Hanukkah stuff. We have these small silver lights. It comes to wonder how our holiday has been made to seem small. And this is what we talked about already, but now written from the author from Aish, from Yael Zaldan. How is it that our holiday has been made to seem small, insignificant, a momentary aside in the glitzy false cheer of this advertising extravaganza? How we have been sidelined in our own homes. How has it been possible that we have been relegated and diffused and made minimized in our holiday when our holiday is eight times as awesome, eight times as long, eight times as fantastic? However, isn't that, in fact, what the story was all about? They were many and we were few. Their culture was appealing and inviting. It desired to swallow up the small remnant of Judaism to make them a part of a large whole, the same as everyone else. And that small band of Jews, those stubborn Maccabees refused. Faced with a life of hardship, hiding and privation, they insisted, we don't want what you have. We would rather live in caves, in battle, on the run, than accept the sameness you offer us. We want only to be what we are, what we have always been, separate, different, other. They were proving with action their passionate belief that God would not let them fail. With God on their side, they knew that the few could overcome the many. The weak could overpower the strong. And so because of their faith, the Jewish people survived. Our culture, our pride, our stubbornness all survived. And all these years later, we, their descendants, find the faith to defy our surroundings. Not for us the glitzy chair of Tinsel, not for us the big red man. Our menorahs are small but beautiful. Our tiny flames light up the darkness of this long, lonely night. But again, I implore and challenge to decorate your house. It doesn't have to be over-the-top loud and in-your-face like the arrogance of many decorations around the country, around the world, but it should be that we spread the beautiful ideas of what our holiday really stands for. We should think of our insistence on maintaining customs that must seem antiquated, our way of dress, the Jewish names we give our children, our careful Shabbos observance. Think of our refusal to be assimilated, our insistence on maintaining the purity of our line, our pride at our differentness, pride, in our holidays. Maybe our tiny lights might be a signpost to someone who has lost his way in the darkness of this exile who needs to know where home is. That the lights are like us, think about, small but pure. You have to look for them, but you may find that they are looking for you too. The small persistent lights can light up our lives and our souls. We just have to look for them and find them. However, we too can have pride in our traditions, our holidays, especially Hanukkah, our ways of life. Don't be afraid to showcase your Hanukkah spirit. We aren't afraid to walk around on Purim looking crazy in our weird costumes. So why don't we showcase the wonderful holiday of Hanukkah? Why only Purim? Why should one Jew of whatever traditional level be the only one in the entire country to make news about Hanukkah in the middle of Texas with his decorations? We too can have and should have and should share proper Hanukkah holiday cheer in a Kiddush Hashem ways, based on real values and traditions. Listen to this story from Chabad.org from writer Mina Gordon. One frosty morning in December, the children from Joshi's 10-year-old public school class were led to a bus and dropped off with their teachers in the busy downtown area of their city. The children looked in wonder at the crowds of shoppers passing by, the long lines of honking cars impatiently waiting for pedestrians to finish crossing, and the tall buildings blocking the winter sun. 
After making sure that every child was accounted for, the teachers led their groups down the street. Their goal was to show the children the holiday season displays in the intricately decorated shop windows. As most of the children oohed and odd, Joshi remained silent. He stood on the periphery, somehow knowing instinctively that he would not find anything familiar in those tinsel-framed windows. The little group continued on their way, most of the children chattering excitedly. Did you see that? Did you see him? Oh, look, Shmanta's over there. A teacher noticed that Joshi was uncharacteristically quiet and fell in step with him. Joshi, don't you like seeing the holiday decorations? Holiday? He repeated, looking confused. After a moment, he shook his head. No, not looking like my holiday. The teacher had no answer to give and walked silently alongside Joshi, his heart going out to this little boy. The group turned a corner and found themselves at the edge of a large plaza. All eyes were drawn to the enormous fir tree decorated with hundreds of yards of shiny tinsel. All eyes, that is, except one pair. Little Joshi was looking on a bit further to the right at the giant menorah. A smile lit up his face as he pointed to the familiar object and cried out, That's mine! When Joshi's father heard what happened on the excursion, he found a deep message in his son's words. He said, Today there are many Jews who are quote-unquote religiously challenged and don't know much about their heritage. But when they see the public menorah, something within lights up with Jewish pride, and they feel it, knowing that's mine. We should realize the flames are ours, the Torah is ours, the ability to be persistent in our learning and influence through the Torah is ours. We have a major symbol, the menorah, as well as gelt and dreidels and Jewish stars that can decorate our homes. We can have pride and use the flames with games to properly stay sane. Listen to these two stories from H.com from Nisan Safran. Hanukkah might have been right around the corner, but Josh Feldman sure didn't feel it. What kind of Hanukkah could it be anyways when the gift he had been lobbing for constantly and the one he was sure he'd be getting, a cool top-of-the-line electric-powered road skimmer mini bike, wasn't going to happen? Ah, well, he sighed. Whether or not he felt Hanukkah was coming, his teacher sure did, and assigned him and some of the other kids to bring in menorahs to display at the school's holiday crafts fair. The assignment's deadline was drawing near, and Josh realized he better get to work. Half-heartedly, Josh finished and fished through his arts and crafts box to find some stuff to use. Let's see, maybe some shaped wooden spools, glue colorful paints, and lacquer to finish it off. Yeah, that ought to do it, he thought. Josh sat down to work on his project, but it was hard to get into it. He couldn't help thinking about the gift that he wasn't going to be getting. Every year, his parents would give him whatever present he wanted for Hanukkah. It was the highlight of his holiday, but this year, when he asked for the mini bike, his parents had told him they were sorry. would certainly get him a different gift they hoped he would like, but the mini guy bike was just too expensive. Josh understood, but budget or no budget, without getting his special gift this year, Hanukkah just wasn't going to be Hanukkah. As Josh started gluing the spools together to form eight candle holders, he began to feel more relaxed. He loved doing craft projects, and when they had a special meaning, he would really put his heart into it. Josh carefully glued the candle holders onto a smooth wooden base in a straight line, and then painted each one a different rainbow color. Two hours later, as he brushed on the last stroke of lacquer, Josh sat back to look at his handiwork. Not bad at all, he thought with satisfaction. The next day, he took his creation wrapped in a paper bag onto the school bus and sat down in an empty seat. Soon, Barry Ellis, a kid from his class, sat down right next to him. 
He was also holding a paper bag, and a couple of shiny silvery poles were sticking out from the top. Hey, you want to see my menorah project? Barry asked. Without waiting for an answer, he pulled out a big, gleaming, professional-looking menorah. Wow, you made that? Asked an astonished Josh. Sure did, answered Barry with a smile. It came in a kit. I just had to screw the pieces together. Where did you get it? Josh asked, sliding his own wrapped-up menorah behind him on the seat, hoping Barry wouldn't notice it. My mom bought it for me at the fancy new gift store downtown. She said it cost a fortune, but, he laughed, she said, <laughs> she said it was nothing compared to all those expensive presents she bought for me, including a new road skimmer. Hey, where's your menorah, Josh? Barry asked. The boy squirmed and cleared his throat a couple of times and took a big breath of relief as the bus pulled into the school parking lot and Barry jumped out of his seat before he could answer. Josh shuffled into class and sat down. Okay, people, everyone please turn in your projects for the fair, said their teacher, Mr. Frank. Josh cringed as he watched kid after kid turning in fancy store-bought kits as nice as Barry's and some even nicer. The teacher placed each project in the special display case he had prepared as the kids looked on with pride. Josh felt terrible. Unlike Barry, he wasn't going to be getting the gift he wanted. And he felt embarrassed that he had brought in a dumb-looking handmade menorah that was nothing compared to the beautiful, expensive one his friends had. When the bell rang, he tried to dash out of the classroom unnoticed. Oh, Josh, his teacher called out just before he slipped out the door. Could you come here for a minute, please? Josh stopped in his tracks. I don't believe I received your project, did I? Josh shook his head. Did you forget about the assignment? Josh shook his head again. Well, asked the teacher. Josh slowly lifted the bag he was holding. Well, I made something, but it's not very good, he started to unwrap it. I won't, I won't be upset if you don't display it. In fact, I'd prefer it if you... This is magnificent, Mr. Frank cut him off. Josh looked at him as if he was joking, but the man looked serious. I can see you really put your heart and soul into this, didn't you? Josh didn't get it. But Mr. Frank, mine is so plain and the other ones are so much nicer. The teacher shook his head. The other ones might be fancier or cost more money, but yours is the one which best captures the spirit of Hanukkah. I don't understand. Hanukkah means lesson is that we shouldn't get caught up in external things, but rather we should learn to see beyond them and realize it's something meaning which is important. And not what it looks like or how much it costs. That is what our ancestors fought for back then. And that is how we celebrate now. A lot of people nowadays remember to give Hanukkah gifts, but forget to receive this special gift of understanding that Hanukkah has to give us. The boy nodded as the teacher continued. That's why your beautiful hand-painted menorah has much more meaning and Hanukkah spirit in it than if you had just bought and snapped together a kit. And, he smiled, that's why I'm putting yours in the front and center of the display. Mr. Frank pushed a big shiny menorah aside and pushed Josh's in its place. Josh went to his next class, but all day the teacher's word about the spirit of Hanukkah had him flying and kept ringing in his ears. He thought about his parents how much they loved and cared for him, and, and how whatever gifts they would give him were only a way to show him that they cared. That, what was really was important, not the gift itself. Josh smiled to himself. Mini bike or no mini bike, Hanukkah was really going to come this year after all, and Josh had a feeling it was going to be his best one yet. We should and can be proud of the Hanukkah element as well as all of our Jewish elements. Showcase it. Decorate it. Be involved in the flames, be involved in the games, be involved in staying sane in the right way. The ancient Greeks were obsessed with the external, with the physical, with showing things off. 
Maybe that has some manifestations with the showiness of society around us this time of year, especially for one day, especially for elements that make no sense, have no bearing, and have no spiritual value or any fundamental value. The Jewish ideal is to live a spiritual life with physical means. Let's listen to this last story from NisanoSafranAnish.com. Beads of sweat rolled off of Gary's face as he strained his body to the max. Okay, push it, push it. You can do it, Gary. Yeah, you did it, man. You pressed 100 pounds. He and his buddy Rob had been trying to make the best use of their winter break by working out every day in the local gym. The long, cold winter usually meant a lot of time indoors, and it was hard to exercise. So when the gym in town advertised a special two-week winter break package deal, the guys jumped at the chance to pump some iron. Guy was good and hungry after the early morning workout and didn't know what was taking Rob so long to get changed and to head back to his place for breakfast. Finally, Gary's patience ran out. He went back into the locker room and got his answer. Rob was standing in front of the mirror flexing his muscle. Hey, let's go get going, Rob. If you spend any more time in front of the mirror, it's going to crack, he laughed. <laughs> Rob blushed for a second and then said, What's the problem? Don't you see how big my muscles are and how big your muscles look too? After all, isn't this the whole point of doing that record-breaking bench press of yours? That's not what I do it for, Gary replied, shaking his head. I didn't spend the last four to five minutes sweating bullets just to be able to stand in front of a mirror and admire myself. Rob clicked his tongue as he flexed his bicep. Of course, it's not only for us, Rob explained. All the kids back at school are going to be really impressed, too, when they see how great we look and... That's not what I meant. Didn't you pay attention to the Hanukkah story we learned about on the last day of school? How the Jewish ways to use our physical strength and good looks for something worthwhile. And what could be more worthwhile than looking good, quipped Rob. Anyway, don't be a hypocrite. You work out as much as I do. If anything, your biceps are much bigger than mine. That's not the point. That's just the point. If you think about the right way, that's just the point. It's fine to get physical, but just for a purpose. Hanukkah teaches us that everything physical, everything we have, including our bodies, are all just packages for our souls. They're tools God gave us a properly use for something really worthwhile, not just to admire. Rob, who by now put his arm down and turned from the mirror, looked confused. Gary went on, for instance, you know why I work out? I do it to keep healthy and have more energy to concentrate in school. I also do it so I can really be some help around the house. Like by shoveling out our driveway instead of my dad who had an operation a couple of months ago. The big muscles are just the package that let me do that. Rob wasn't convinced. That's all great, but I still say when it comes to looking good, it's the outside package that counts. The guys packed up their stuff and headed back to Gary's place, where his mom had set out some bowls of milk and several boxes of cereal for the hungry athletes. Gary picked up a bright, colorful box and began to pour it into Rob's bowl. Whoa, I'll take some of the other stuff if you don't mind. It tastes much better. But to Rob's surprise, Gary hit the second box behind his back and went past him. Hey, come on, man, let me have that other cereal. What do you want that for, Gary said with a smile. It's in such a plain box. Cereal here is much nicer looking package, and that's what counts, remember? Despite himself, Rob couldn't help laughing or getting the point either. After breakfast, Rob decided to stick around to help Gary shovel out his drive and celebrate Hanukkah and what it stood for by not just admiring his muscles, but putting them to good use for a worthwhile cause as well. We should use our physical elements in life for good. The using of physical for spiritual is the ideal in this life, and we must use it in the right way. Decorate your house in the right way. Use your physical surroundings in the right way, spreading the Hanukkah cheer to make a Kiddush Hashem of what we really stand for in this holiday period. 
The Hashmanaim were brave people who weren't officially soldiers, but they had the stubbornness to stand up for what's right and stand up to the enemy. They would not allow Judaism to be trampled on. They also had the persistence to search high and low in the whole temple for the olive oil to light, only finding a tiny pitcher that would maybe last tonight, but ended up lasting the eight nights. Hanukkah thus teaches us not only about the stubbornness from refusing to give up, but about light and the zest for Torah to have the candle of Torah and the flames of passion to do mitzvahs in our hearts. If the society around us can go crazy with holiday fever and fervor, decorating their homes without major proper fundamental elements, without any proper elements, just pagan things thrown together, why can't we? Where is our Hanukkah pride? Where is our flames, our real games, our staying properly sane? Where is our Hanukkah spirit? Further, where is our pride in our flames, our games, and the fame of what we have accomplished over the years? Don't be led astray by the false illusion of the secular decorations of a holiday that has no values, that are all about sales, that don't make sense, and have no real value. Focus on ours and stay sane. Live up to our values, our beliefs, our customs, and our cultures. As pointed out on official.com, O-F-I-S-H-E-L, as Rav Chaim from Volusion famously said, if the Jews don't make Kiddush, then the non-Jews will make Havdalah. If the Jews don't make Kiddush, then the non-Jews will make Havdalah. Meaning, if we don't sanctify Hashem by keeping ourselves separate from the non-Jews and living a life devoted to Hashem and keeping His commandments, then Hashem, God forbid, will cause the Goyim to separate us from the culture around us. We can do this by being involved with all aspects of Judaism especially with the flames, the proper games, and staying properly sane, and sanctifying God's name around us, properly explaining the holiday, decorating for it, and practicing it, as well as with different aspects of our Jewish life. If we stand up for our own beliefs and have pride in it, the world will respect us for it, and we can finally make a true Kiddush Hashem and hopefully bring Mashiach and the Third Temple speedily in our days. This has been the TTL Tani Talks Life where we talk a topic per session with some practical lessons. Join us next time, God willing, and I'm your host, Tani.